Blog Talk Radio. U.S. Women's National Hockey Team dismantles Finland in the semifinals and prepares for the showdown against Canada for the gold medal game. Bob Wiedenhoff, women's hockey expert, joins me on RSG One Mic. This thing right here is for my people's in the Yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one might be. There is a pause. Throughout the stadium, as the man sounds like he just coughed up a lung. They're looking around. The jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need? Uh, CPR or something And then at that particular time I lost it <laughs> Devon Trump Yes, yes, yes Today Phoenix is another place They got a great uh, training staff I mean they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq And if you can do that then People talk a lot about their <laughs> training staff Yes, today you know, as we start this show, this one mic. Welcome to RSG One Mic, one of our signature podcasts on the RSG uh, platform. I encourage you all to go to RSG, uh, realsportsguys.com, or Real Sports Guys on Twitter, Facebook, IG to connect with us, uh, or Blog Talk Radio, search for Real Sports Guys. You can check out our big show, Inside the Park, Hustle and Flows, all the shows that are on our RSG platform. But this is one, Mike, this is where we go deep uh, in our, uh, to our, uh, our topic. Um, it's uh, where we kind of, we'll, we'll take a topic. And tonight we're going to talk about, hey, look, U.S. women's hockey team. Uh, we're going to have uh, a special guest come in and spend some time with us, uh, Bob Wiedenhoff, who is a um, women's hockey uh, expert. Uh, I know Bob and I, I really Love uh, what he's kind of brought uh, to that subject matter. You know, as many of you know, I, I uh, my day job is at UW Madison, and Badgers have a great uh, women's hockey team, and um, and our, our U.S. our national team is getting ready for a gold medal round, a gold medal game. So, um, wanted to talk to Bob tonight uh, about that. I, I want to say uh, Happy President's Day, even though we feel sometimes that the office of the presidency is under siege. Uh, we still have to honor uh, President's Day uh, uh, as as one of the key pieces to our uh, democracy and our system, along with Congress and our judiciary branch and uh, the participation we all play in that. And so uh, some of you uh, may be spending your time honoring here on President's Day. Uh, we came off a big-time NBA All-Star Weekend. Slam dunk contest. Um, was uh, interesting. Larry Nash Jr. doing his thing, honoring his father, stripping down. Uh, you had what Donovan Mitchell honoring uh, 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 
Griffin, uh, you know, our man who, Dr. Duncan Stein. Um, uh, some people are saying that, you know, Larry Nance got robbed uh, on that dunk because it was a dunk you had to look at. If you hadn't had a chance to see it, you had a YouTube bit where he kind of bounces it to himself off the backboard and dunks it. He's so big. Um, a lot of suggestions on how to make the All-Star game better. But I can say this, this game has some competition down the stretch. They went after it. Uh, they played as about much defense as you can expect um, in the All-Star weekend. And so uh, my voice is a little gone. Uh, I'm going to be going solo tonight in my interview with Bob. Hank is under the weather. Last week I was under the weather. Um, but, you know, we're going to tough it out. As long as y'all tough it out with me, uh, we're going to tough it out. So All-Star Weekend had all kinds of twists and turns uh, to it, um, and uh, it was uh, uh, good. You had Celebrity All-Star Game. But when we got to the game, a little weird. Uh, so we, 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 we had some weird stuff going on at the game. So we, we got the National Anthem, and then we had the Kevin Hart NBA Roast. I was just trying to figure out it was it, it was all kinds of stuff going on at the beginning of that game. You know, I turned the TV on and Kevin is talking about everybody. And I'm trying to okay, what is this all about? And then I see three other stars come out and I'm just trying, okay, this looks weird. And then Fergie opens her mouth and I think I, I said, did, did they tell me did they mistake was it Roseanne Barr or is it Fergie? You know, I thought we had a I think Fergie was doing a rendition. Of Roseanne Bob. That's what I thought was going on. The players, if you ever had a chance to see the Carl Lewis rendition of, <laughs> of the National Anthem, uh, I'd never forget Derek Coleman is almost in tears. Uh, that game, whatever. The players, at first it took them a minute to like, what are we listening to? They start reacting Draymond got a look on his face like he's shocked, like he can't believe it. Fergie's trying to apologize. I think she might have had a little too much. She might have sipped it on the tipsy and uh, just did her thing. Because sometimes those kind of public events can make you nervous. Uh, I think she sipped in on something. I think she, she got a sip of something, a sip of something free uh, that she, she dug in on. So I think that might be uh, what was going on uh, with that. So, you know, uh, Fergie was going, and then I was like, uh-oh, this might be an interesting game because maybe she is foreshadowing what it is we might be seeing tonight. But we had the draft. We had Team LeBron against Team Steph, and it had all kinds of subplots. The most interesting one is this growing subplot between uh, Joel uh, uh, Embiid and Russell Westbrook. Russell gets switched up on him in the post. And Russ is like, I'm, I'm, I'm D'ing you up. It's like this growing. And then LeBron gets chippy with him. It's like the vets are trying to put this young man in his place, and he just said, trust the process. Trust the process. He go ahead and do what he going to do. And uh, just kind of a game within the game. they like, we're going to put this young boy in check, and he's just not going to have it. Uh, so you had that kind of game within the game going. That was interesting. Uh, and then at the end of the game, LeBron and KD put Steph 
in the witness protection program. <laughs> they they double team him. <laughs> they don't even let him sniff a shot. It was probably the best defensive series stretch closeout to an all-star game probably in like 15, 20 years. I mean, they was on stuff like you ain't get a shot. I mean, they switched up. They passed him off. I mean, they didn't even get a shot at the end of that game. I mean, LeBron and them were fighting back the whole game. Finally took the lead. LeBron ends up with the MVP. He had 29 points, 10, re- 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Um, he does his thing. Um, but I think it, as as All-Star games go, uh, I felt like it was it was competitive. You know, I felt like it was a competitive game and um, uh, was about the right mix that you want. I mean, I think next year they're leaning that they look like they might want to do the draft live. Because I want to see who get picked last. You know, NBA players got egos. You better not pick Russ last. Everything getting torn up. He don't shoot every shot. But the idea that it's playground style. It, 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 it's not just about who get picked first, but who get picked last. You know, you don't want to be that. You like, I can't believe y'all disrespecting my game. You know, they need to. Re- I don't know. I didn't see anything. Maybe y'all saw something. I, I didn't see who got picked last. Nobody said anything. It might be rumors about who got picked last. But the question is, you don't want to be picked last. So you got to do the draft live. So the person who get picked last. Can't 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 give you that face like I can't believe they disrespected me. So I think there's some wrinkles happening. Um, I like this going. I think we need to ride this a little bit longer. Um, I know there was a couple of people were putting out the three on three tournament, which I think was great. But I kind of like I like this team captain and um, everybody having a cause that they are uh, playing for. I think guys seem to play also for the cause. They want to be able to get the money to their cause. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think we got to make it. I think we only have a certain level of expectation about what we're gonna get out of a exhibition game like that. And I think last night what gave us the kind of the perfect mix of entertainment. And nobody wants to get in front of Giannis. I mean, Giannis going up, everybody was clearing like the red seat. Uh, 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 Giannis was doing his thing, uh, and uh, they were gonna try and get in front of Giannis. I mean, it was like. We're going to leave Giannis alone. Giannis, you do you. And uh, they weren't trying to get in front of Giannis. Uh, so there's some, certain people who get that respect uh, in the game. And, uh, you know, all around, I think it was, uh, it looked like it was about to get away a little bit. Uh, but all around, I think it was a really, a really good game. The subplot to this that became part of it, and, and because we're sitting here on President's Day, so we had Laura Ingram, uh, Fox TV, responding to LeBron James um, and the uh, Uber video he did with KD or commercial. And uh, she had comments and, you know, challenged him intellectually, challenged the idea that uh, he shouldn't be commenting on it. Um, it was just really out of order. And LeBron, uh, to his credit, handled it like a champ. Uh, you know, let's disregard all the stuff he's doing in Akron. 
um, that he's always kind of had this conscious, this social uh, part of him. Uh, we spend time in judgment of athletes, yet we got to do this. And so we got this hype machine. We got what I call the state news over there, uh, the state news, you know, the new state news. Forget what they got going with the Kremlin. We got Fox State News. And uh, now we get this, you know, someone who's playing to her base. Here on President's Day, she's she's playing to her base. Uh, but LeBron had it like a champ and uh, is going to continue to do him. Um, and the power of these players and their ability to use their platforms is incredible. They can bypass all this stuff. You know, these people got to throw shots. They forget these, these kids grew up in hip-hop age. You know, have people throw shots at nothing new. That's kind of how you do it in the hip-hop age. That's kind of how you do it. You know, LeBron's best line is like, Laura, who? <laughs> like, like, who are you? Like, like, who are you? I, I, I don't even know who you are. And uh, I was kind of disappointed in Stephen A. Smith today because Stephen is, is what I do appreciate about the diversity of opinion. Stephen is a conservative. Stephen is often on um, some shows on Fox. And I appreciate Stephen. Stephen is balanced. Some of his favorite people are hard liberals. Like Stephen has this weird mix, mix of people he, he engages when it comes to political stuff. But today I thought, Look, trying to minimize her statement and the fact that it wasn't racialized and stuff like that, I think he went a little too far on that. And it's his opinion. He can go with it. But uh, her her attacking his education, when people like Mark Zuckerberg didn't, didn't finish college, uh, there's a lot of people who didn't finish college who made money. But we kind of racialize it in a way that we don't do it for people uh, uh, you know, um, who are also billionaires or wealthy, uh, our actors and a whole bunch of other people who don't finish college. We want to attack the education when, uh, to me, LeBron is the greatest example of lifelong learning I've ever known. He spent time under the feet of people like Warren Buffett. If you look at how complex the system he set up for his entertainment, like, like he is so sophisticated how he set up his system around the things that he's managing in Hollywood, it's going to take us 20 years to unpack what LeBron is doing. And this woman, like he's in your business dominating and his business and executive producing and doing stuff that, that uh, like you can't even untangle and, and you have the right to say that. So, you know, we continue with the drama here on President's Day. But enough of that. We're about to get patriotic. We're about to get patriotic because our women are doing their thing. And, uh, like I said, my, my, my guy, Bob Wiedenhoff, who is a, a, a hockey expert, uh, this is a growing. This is a guy who's kind of taken on this challenge. He's a good friend of mine. I've learned so much from him. And uh, I always want to have him on, on, uh, on air to talk about this. And given that the U.S. women's hockey team is going to be going for the gold against Canada, um, I think this is the most appropriate time to have him on. And so, uh, Bob, I want to welcome you to – uh, Real Sports Guys, RSG1. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I am doing absolutely great. How are you? Man, you know, I'm, I'm doing well. You you heard my uh, my, my voice is a little gone, and you know that. You, you've been been hanging out with me a little bit, so you know I'm fighting back a little bit. Um, you know, I had to go off a little bit on this, uh, what was happening here on uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. and so. Um, but I'm excited, particularly on President's Day, so we can feel kind of patriotic right now. 
Uh, I just saw mm-hmm. the women, the women's hockey team, pretty much uh, gave it to Finland. Uh, Canada kind of gave it to the Olympic athletes of Russia. That's what they're being called this time around. And so the showdown is, a, mm-hmm. is, is established. But before we get into that, you know, in my talking to you a little bit, um, there was some in putting this team together. There was a lot of debate on how this team was put together. Um, and I don't think a lot of people, first of all, they're not as familiar with women's hockey and what goes on. And there's a lot what I talked to you that I've, I've learned about it just from talking to you. But what was some of the controversy with how this team was developed? What were some of the issues they were trying to address, given that we haven't won the gold medal? We've been playing for silver for basically about 20 years. And mm-hmm. what was the thought process going into putting this team together? Uh, well, um, so so the the process overall, um, the first thing that happens is the summer before the Winter Olympics, um, the team identifies uh, between 23 and 30 players that are potential athletes on the roster. So typically, a team like Canada will, uh, you know, this last year picked like 27, 28 players and slowly cut them down until they got to the 23-person roster. They announced that in December or January. In the U.S. team, they were, they were very confident that they uh, had their roster. So when they centralized, they centralized with 23 players, which is uh, – and one of them was uh, uh, Andy Pankowski, who is a, a current uh, student at UW-Madison. Um, so that meant that uh, – and current player for the Wisconsin Badgers. So that meant that a player like Andy Pankowski was, is going to take the year off from playing college hockey and return next season. Um. So they, they did that the whole year. And the, the summer they played Canada like nine times in all sorts of exhibition games. They toured the country. They toured Canada. Um, and the U.S. team did really well. And um, all of a sudden they decided they needed a couple more pieces. So they picked up some players from Boston College's team, brought them on board. They brought some players from out east, put them on the team, added to the roster. And everyone's looking around like, we thought you had this figured out months ago and you've been crushing Canada this whole time. Mm. Well, then right after that, they cut Pankowski, which shocked everybody. I mean, that was, that was a big enough news story that Pankowski wow. was cut because she was one of the players that could produce some consistent offense for that team. Um, one of the knocks is that she's a little bit slower than some of the other players, but you know, you got Kendall Coyne out there. They've got some really fast skaters. You don't need everyone to be blazing fast on the ice you need a good balance of skill but anyway like you know they cut Pankowski that's fine it's a collegiate player probably has things to improve upon still a surprising cut um but then they then they cut Alex Carpenter and they also cut another really strong player but the Alex Carpenter cut is shocking this is like anyone other than LeBron James being cut from the dream team this is like um you know the Green Bay Packers letting go of their entire offensive line and letting go of uh, Aaron Jones, like everyone except Aaron Rodgers, get rid of him and just <laughs> get people off the street. This is such a, was such a perplexing cut because she was, per- okay, so she scored like 100 goals, it seemed like, wow. in her senior season. Like, I mean, she scored so many goals and at Boston College, this uh, Alex Carpenter. Um, she ran away with the Patty Kazmaier Award, which is given to the best women's hockey team. And for some reason, she got cut. And, and it's really perplexing. We didn't get a straight answer. We have really no idea why this didn't work out. Apparently, she didn't, quote, fit the system. 
when you have one of the five best players in the world and you're building an Olympic roster, you build your system around those best players. You have Hillary Knight, you've got Brianna Decker, you've got um, a whole bunch of great players, Danny Cameron Easy, Amanda Kessel, best Kessel, and, uh, and then you've got uh, Alex Carpenter, but for some reason they're able to fit all these great players together except for Carpenter, who's probably arguably better than any of them on the team. Uh, so I'm still frustrated by it. And, mm. you know, what's going to happen is, um, you know, I, I fear that Canada's going to win this thing on Wednesday. And when that does happen, all the blame is going to go on the veterans choking when in reality they weren't given the guns to go in there at full strength and they were mismanaged. This goes back to the last international season, 2017, where this team was underfunded, uh, undersupported during travel, and they, they actually held out. They, uh, they uh, held out for quite a bit of time to get a better, more favorable deal. They wanted to be treated um, not necessarily on the pay scale like men, but they wanted um, the, the, the quality of life to be consistent with the men's U.S. team. You know, you've got these, these ladies that are um, like Hillary Knight's probably the best um, – best known player, probably the best ambassador of the game, former Badger. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, she plays in the National Women's Hockey League. Guess what her salary is? It's $20,000 a year. She's got yeah, a, I figured it wasn't uh, that much. I mean, yeah. She's, yeah, she's, you know, you, and the other ladies are five to $10,000 a year. They're working jobs at Starbucks. They're coaching on the side. It's, it's a tough job to get done, and this is their great opportunity. This is what – it's all four, right? It's not like uh, a lot of the other major sports where you can go back to your league and, you know, you can build up your retirement fund. Um, this is it. And it's, it's just really frustrating how um, little respect, I think just historically the team USA program has shown to the women's team, even though they've been so dominant and they've won all the international competitions except for the Olympics. So don't, uh, we shouldn't forget about that. I think they've won like six of the last seven internationals. Um, and, you know, you, you got to exclude the Olympics in that. Um, so, man, Devon, sometimes things just make you shake your head and, and you look mm-hmm. at it and it's got to be more complicated than it looks. But sometimes it isn't. And I feel like this time it just isn't with how consistent, you know, these problems have been. You're listening to uh, RSG One Mike. I'm here with uh, my good friend, uh, Bob Wienhoff, who is a women's hockey expert um, and, and just been on fire. Uh, we'll give you a chance to make sure you catch him on Twitter. And uh, Bob is brought to us by uh, Carbon World Health, your complete solution for fitness, health, and beauty. Go to carbonworldhealth.com to connect with Dr. Nestor Rodriguez and let his staff uh connect with you and help you understand more about lifestyle medicine. Tell them that the real sports guys sent you. Uh, Bob has just been talking to us a little bit about how this team was put together and some of the controversy in putting a team together, as well as understanding just the economics that these amazing women who do this incredible work, who are, you know, have a pretty good following, particularly during the Olympic season, you know, even getting, uh, the resources they need personally uh, to be able to balance their lives out and uh, to begin. And, and part of what Bob hit on was about scoring. I, I watched the uh, the early round game they played against, I believe it was against Canada. And I mentioned to you that, you know, part, because when you mentioned 
trouble scoring. I remember uh, uh, they had an early power play. And, um, I mean, it was like Canada was down a person and was putting pressure on the offense and getting shots on goal. And it, it, it looked like the United States was just having – trouble even though they were they had shot advantage it just was it, it didn't seem like they were getting the kind of crisp shots that Canada was getting uh, on the goal how have they obviously they've won enough games here uh to get to the to the gold medal have you seen any uh development and growth offensively um uh, over over the course of the olympics that where you see some possibilities where they might be able to distrib- display the kind of power that you think they need to to win the goal? Uh, no. Uh, they they scored, uh, scored five goals against Finland. Um, they put up a ton of shots like they've been doing the entire Olympics. So they're still, still getting low output um, offensively. Um, they, one, the one benefit is that, I mean, Hillary Knight was able to score a goal for the first time against Finland in these um, – uh, in the semifinal round, um, and if you didn't see, uh, you got to got to look at Twitter for Leslie Jones's tweets and reactions to those goals because <laughs> she was there in person. Oh my goodness! Do that in your own time. Don't do it at work. The the language is not 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 suitable, um, but it it will it will it will make your heart warm. Um, she is, you know, and that's uh, sorry if I can go on this tangent. That it, it's that type of reaction that I think no, more people need to see because you. You get in there and you watch women's hockey in person, and it is fun, it's exciting, and it's energizing. Uh, and you can see, uh, I mean, Leslie Jones is a pretty energetic person, but you can see it's yeah. flowing there. Um, but as far as the offensive output, Devon, uh, you know, you, you're playing Finland. You're playing these teams that aren't very deep. They wear them out going into the second and third period. I mean, if you're not playing Canada, they're essentially playing a JV team. It's U.S. and Canada, and the the offense, since they cut Carpenter, since they've made these changes to their roster, since they've ex- since they expanded it and then cut down, the offense has, like, been cut in half. Like, they're, they're, they were playing with such confidence, and then all of a sudden these inexplicable changes occurred. And, you know, maybe they've got enough mojo going into this last game. Maybe uh, Leslie Jones, uh, you know, screaming at him, uh, from the other side of the world is going to, is going to be enough. Um, but it, it comes down to who's going to be the hot goaltender. Like is, is uh, Canada's goalie, um, uh, Shannon Zapados, uh, is she going to have a good game? Right. Cause she's going to see 40 shots and they're going to be 40 pretty boring shots. Um, but is she, is she going to be disciplined and, and stop 38 of them? Cause I think if you do that, they, they probably have a decent chance of tying or winning that game. Um, you got to watch out for that top line for Canada. I think that's a huge advantage. Uh, those are some excellent, excellent players, and they look the best uh, when they've got their top lineup out there. Um, and we'll see. I mean, you've got a, you've got Maddie Rooney, and she's a, she's going to go back. She's got two more years at Duluth, so she's going to mm-hmm. be coming and playing in Laban Arena these next two seasons. Well, she's like. 20 years old, she's out there. She's the top goalie for the Team USA. Uh, she's an excellent goalie, but, you know, you've got a really young player out there trying to trying to stop the Canadians, the evil Canadians. Um, <laughs> the evil uh, but, Canadians. You know, <laughs> well, but the, 
that, that's the funny thing though. These teams like hate each other, but they also are, are, um, you know, sisters in building this game because they're, they're both, you know, when they're not on the ice competing against each other, they're, they're pulling the, pulling the rope in the same direction. And that's something that's unique to these more developing sports. Um, but and, man, and I, I, get, are, I, and I would say some of them are also on the same team. I mean, when you think about even like Wisconsin or Minnesota, I mean, you got players on Canada and players on U.S. team who are who have also been college teammates. And, you know, yeah, so you got yeah. some of that competition. Like when we go back well, to the locker room, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> some bragging rights going. You got you got Gophers playing with Badgers, and you got Badgers playing against Badgers. It's chaos. <laughs> it's yeah, people, you got to understand this. It, it's like it's like in football, Auburn and Alabama players playing on the same team in the all-star game in football. Or, and then also, uh, the and then also playing and against Auburn Michigan. and Alabama. <laughs> yeah, and playing against yeah. Auburn and Alabama on opposite sides. So, yeah, you, you know, these, are, these are folks who normally don't like each other and fans and arenas are, are packed. Tell people how you got involved and interested in women's hockey because, you know, what I love about you, I've learned so much just because your your passion. Um, talk to people about, you know, how you – got interested in the game? Um, so, I mean, I've been a moderate hockey fan for a while, sort of paid attention to the Badgers um, and, the, and the men's team. They've, they've struggled. Um, I was a student during the at UW during the, the explosion of women's hockey when they won. I think they won three national titles when I was there. And I yeah. kind of took them for granted. Um, and then when I moved back to Madison, I, I tried out, uh, went back, saw the new arena that they built, um, watched him beat Minnesota, and I just fell in love because it was such a unique experience. It's um, you feel a lot, um, a lot closer. It's not as um, you know cold as a large stadium where you feel like there's you, you have the players just seem so far away. Um, and there there were just some excellent personalities on that on that team, that 2015 women's hockey team, um, and watching them struggle and battle. I I don't know, you know, you just uh, try, you try something new and then you never know what's, uh, how, how that new thing is going to surprise you. And it's what it's going to teach you about yourself and challenge you. And, um, even if it's something like, uh, you know, trying to, trying a new sport. Um, and I think it really challenged what I, um, you know, what I believed about women's sports and what, you know, uh, the, the product that a, a women's sports can sports team can provide. Um, and they are, it is a vicious game at the women's level. Uh, don't let anyone tell you that because it's no checking quote checking, that it's not physical, sure. that it's not yeah. serious. They are fast. They are extraordinarily skilled. And, um, you know, and you know, and I've watched the men's and women's games, um, the women's games actually are a little more fluid because you don't have the body checking that requires yep. more finesse and skill. You can't just blow someone over. So someone like Kendall Coyne, who is like five, one extremely fast has a place on the ice. Whereas, uh, you know, you can get away with that maybe a little bit in men's college hockey if you're really small, but generally you just get blown up. Um, so th- there's something unique about how the women's game is set up that makes it, uh, it's a wider range of talent you, and you see a wider arsenal of players there as opposed to really most other sports. 
Um, it's probably it probably may, it feels most like women's volleyball where you have players that are like four eleven up to six nine, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so you have that. It's really unique in that way. Well, Bob, I, I, it's been a pleasure, and I, and I do want to send a shout out to since you mentioned it, Sean Frazier, who was the deputy AD who helped get that new arena built at Wisconsin uh, for women's hockey. Yeah. He's, he's the AD down at mm-hmm. uh, Northern Illinois University, and Sean is always, you know, even he played football at Alabama, but in his athletic career, he did a lot for building hockey programs. It took a lot of pride in uh, building something that would be there for women's hockey, so you know, we always want to send a shout out to Sean. We think he's one of the the, the best uh, minds in uh, intercollegiate athletics in the country. So, and has uh, brought a lot of joy to people who watch games uh, there at Wisconsin. But it's it's one of the major places, along with Minnesota, um, where people are just avid about this game. And so, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, definitely check the game out this week. The gold medal game, Bob. Where can people find you uh, on social media? Uh, I'm on Twitter at R-W-I-E-D-E-N-H-O-E-F-T. And that's pretty much it. (laughs) Bob, thank you for joining us. Now, one of the things we have a tradition here on One Mic, when our guests come on, we let let you sign off. And all we needed you to do is just say your name and say that you're dropping the mic here on Real Sports Guide. So, Bob, I'm going to count to three and let you drop the mic. One, two, three. This is Bob Wiedenhoft. You are listening to Real Sports Guys, and I'm dropping the mic. Thank you, Bob, and uh, look forward to having you on after the gold medal game. Take care. All right, will do. Take care. Bye. That's Bob Wiedenhoff, women's hockey expert. Um, He is incredible. He's a great follow um, at – on Twitter, make sure you check him out. Uh, I've learned so much about the game. Um, check out the gold medal game. These women are amazing. Um, he is, um, uh, he's not short change. He's like, they get physical with it. Um, and, you know, in the real sports guys, we want to, to make sure we're giving our ladies the love. We want to appreciate what they bring to our sports environment. These are amazing athletes. And, uh, you know, and, and in this case, these are Americans who are representing us, and uh, we they need to feel the energy so that, like, Leslie got it going so that um, uh, they can go get this gold uh, even with their backs against the wall. So you listen to RSG One Mike. This is D. Wills. We'll have Hank back next time. I'm out. Yes, yes, today, yes, yes, today, you know, as we start this show, this one might be. There is a pause. Throughout the stadium, as this man sounded like he just coughed up a lung. Just looking around, the jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys.
destroyed half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need uh, CPR or something? And then at that particular time, I lost it. <laughs> Devon dropped Yes, yes, yes. Today, Love Talk Phoenix is another place. They got a great uh, training staff. I mean, they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq. And if you can do that, then people talk a lot about their training staff. Love, love. Yes, yes, today, you know, as we start this show, this one mic, uh, 